do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome to the program with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker, Amanda LaFrada to join us very shortly as we are loaded up plenty to talk about. Good morning, Caleb. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing this morning, Dave? I'm well. This is the final push for Tennessee. Three games begins with Missouri to make the college football playoff. We know that Tennessee probably is not going to be in the SEC championship game unless just craziness ensues on Georgia's end. So Tennessee has three games left to prove their worth, and we have three weeks left. Actually, four, if you want to count that championship weekend to see what the other teams do, Caleb, in terms of Tennessee making the college football playoffs. So on the program today, we'll tell you what to watch for this weekend as far as the college football playoff and what needs to fall in place for Tennessee to assuredly be in. We'll discuss that. Also, one of Tennessee's top prospects has decided to leave his current high school. What does that mean for his recruitment? And it is senior day. Caleb, in a class that uh, should be remembered quite fondly 10, 20 years from now, no matter what happens for the remainder of the season. So I went back and forth all morning. I had one of my 3.30 a.m. mornings where I just woke up out of nowhere, which is probably about the time you go to bed because you work into the evening. So I should have just called you and ask you what, what should I lead with. Uh, Even later I, in the evenings, I've been covering midterms all week, and the fact that they still won't get the votes counted, we're staying up till 2 in the morning sometimes. Like <laughs> Caleb, is our, Caleb is our hanging chad of the group. Ha! <laughs> So to go to go way, way back. So, um, uh, Caleb, so I, I thought what to lead with uh, a Missouri breakdown or talking about these seniors. And I want to lead with the seniors because I looked at Missouri, as I'm sure you have as well. And you're like me. You go break down the opponent Monday or Tuesday early in the week. So we'll discuss Missouri. Don't worry about that. But I just look at these seniors, uh, Caleb, and uh, to go through them and, and look at what they have done is just absolutely phenomenal. And, I, you know, I don't care what happens from this point forward. Now, obviously, they're not going to lose three games in a row. OK, so you're talking about a football team that's most likely going to be 11 and one and. Um, make the college football playoff or get left out in very questionable fashion or all the cards line against them. And Caleb, that's just phenomenal. We can talk about how great Josh Heupel is, and we should, and he is. But we also need to talk about this senior group that stuck around. And kudos to those guys. If you know they, They're all on Twitter nowadays, so it's an opportunity for – you as a fan base to reach out if you're on the Twitter uh, and you better hurry because it might not be around much longer. But I mean, those guys reach out to them if you feel like it and just say thanks because 
this is a very, very special group that I could make an argument for every one of the names that I'm going to mention that they should have transferred, Caleb, and and they didn't. How will this group be remembered the down and dirty at 30? You know, I, I think it's going to be they're they're all going to be remembered in different ways because because of the COVID eligibility rulings, you know, all this all the senior there's so many different seniors that came at different times. I think I mean I I mean because if I were to give you my most standout guy, I think of a guy like Princeton Vant more than anybody else. I mean Princeton Vant came to Tennessee. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he committed as he committed as an athlete. And he was in his first year was 2017, the Butch Jones year that was complete disaster. So he went through the Butch Jones year. That was the worst season in Tennessee history. Then he went through three seasons of Jeremy Pruitt. Then he went through two of Josh Heupel. And throughout all of that, he had he had to move from linebacker to running back to to, to tight end back to tight end. And I'm thinking you know, that's a lot he went through with a lot of different coaches and a lot of different systems and no one could really find the proper use for him. And he still stayed around and it's worked this year because I mean, Josh Heupel has done an amazing job of when to, uh, of learning how to use Princeton fan. And I, I think a guy like that is just such a story. And even through the football. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. You pick uh, that you pick fan out. I feel like if we took hooker out of the equation, we would all pick, a separate senior. So I'm curious what senior you on the message board that you're most proud of as a Tennessee fan, the innocent culprit says, hopefully just making the playoffs doesn't become the new standard. Got to constantly strive for excellence. I'm with you there, brother. Um, I'm, I'm with you there. We're, we're very proud to be where we are subscriber wise in, in uh, on YouTube and the amount of listeners we have in our uh, podcast. And by the way, we've got a special announcement coming up probably Monday. Uh, it starts with an A, ends with a P, and has a P in the middle. I'll let you decide. Um, uh, Brittany, but uh, yeah, you want to constantly strive for excellence. Uh, that's what we try to do is we, what everybody should try to do. And that's what Tennessee is striving to do. And and really, they are taking it a step further with the NIL, which is something we're going to get to. But Brittany says, I think as long as Heifel is around, the mindset will be the best they can possibly be. He's already doing a great job of getting them into a winning mindset in year two. Absolutely. But I want to give the players a lot of the credit if we can if we can start the show in that fashion. And so Hendon Hooker is is definitely one. There's no question about it. Um, but but who else besides Princeton Fant when you look at this group? Because I'll give you a couple of mine. And, you know, Tennessee's going to sell this game out, which, <clears throat> excuse me, doesn't seem like the, the, the biggest thing in the world to somebody that's my age. They used to sell every single game out. But they're going to sell it out. And there was a time... They weren't selling it out. I remember calling over there and saying, can I get a couple of tickets for me and my kids? And it was like, uh, yeah, sure. Do you need a parking pass? Do you need us to pick you up at the house? I mean, it was just a different type of environment. And it's it's not that way anymore. So how about wide receivers? How about Cedric Tillman? Kudos to you, young man. Um, he stayed around through the coaching fiasco. Uh, he fought back to get into the lineup. Uh, when really, Caleb, he could have said, I'm just going to get ready for the NFL. 
he didn't do that. So tip of the cap to him, especially when everybody's talking about Brew McCoy. And let's give uh, Ramel Keaton uh, a shout out. He was right there uh, whenever he needed to be. And even though he wasn't option one, two, or three necessarily. So at the receiver group, there's two guys in Tillman and Keaton that'll celebrate senior day tomorrow that should not be forgotten anytime soon. Yeah, the, I hold out because technically, technically Tillman and Keaton have another year of eligibility left. I doubt Tillman's going to use it. I wouldn't use it if I were him. Go get your money. Go get money, said. Go get your money. Go get paid. And so, Agreed. It'll be interesting to see if, if some of the guys choose not to run out there. Uh, that's what will be I- interesting. Now, if, if you, you can run out there and still come back the final walk through the tee, you know, where they do it one by one. I, I assume they're still going to do that. Or you can, if, if you don't go out there, it's a pretty clear sign you're coming back. So we'll see what, what Keaton is going to do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Keaton's going to do that. Why, you know, Seth's going to be gone next year. He's got a great chance to start. He really did a lot of good things when said was out this throughout the past few weeks. I I can't see Ramel Keaton not choosing to come back and really potentially make a name for himself next year. Well, we'll see. I, I could I could make the argument that there's an unknown at quarterback, but yes, I, uh, he, he definitely could come back. So let's look at some of the other ones. How about Jacob Warren at tight end? Who's proven to be uh, an incredible threat um, at at receiver, but also you, you don't you, you I don't think we give Fant and Warren enough credit for being blockers, which we probably don't for most tight ends, but. How about Jacob Warren, who obviously we like because he's a part of what we do, but uh, Jacob Warren is a guy that has done a fantastic job, and, and and he's a local guy. He's been around the program. He's been under Jeremy Pruitt. He's been there in the bad times, and he stuck it out, and he didn't have to. He could have got playing time somewhere else, no doubt about it. Oh, absolutely. Jacob Warren um, committed to Jeremy Pruitt um, in 2018 was part of, um, I guess we could say, one of the rising – there was a rising tight end class at the time that people forget because it was him. I think Sean Lowe, was that the name? Sean Brown. I think Sean Brown was on there. But, like, a class of rising tight ends, and he's the only one who stayed around. And you're right. It's really worked out for him. And, again, he's got another year of eligibility left. You know, Princeton fans going to be gone. Jacob Warren will be – he could be the full-time tight end next year, not the spy committee stuff that Heupel's doing that. So – well, Jacob announced via his podcast that you'll hear weekly that he's he's done after this year, um, barring something unforeseen um, that could, uh, and that was way back before the season started. So I haven't asked him lately. His mindset could have changed, but you're right; he does have a lot. Of, uh, he does have one year left. A lot of these guys do because of COVID. I want to bring Amanda in there, and Amanda Brittany uh, said that um, Jeremy Banks would probably be her. A favorite senior had some personal struggles, kicked off the team, completely turned it around. Yes, in a team of great stories, we sometimes forget about Jeremy Banks, but he's done a fantastic job as well. And he just seems like he has a great, great upside in the NFL. Oh, yeah, especially going through the personal struggles that he went through. Um, I think that builds character and that's something that you need definitely in the NFL, um, especially to make it now. My thing is, oh, and by the way, uh, thank you for all the veterans out there um, for everything that you've done. 
uh, to, to help our country to actually just keep our country the way that it is. Um, just, I just wanted to throw that out there cause I know it's veterans day. So Glad appreciate you everything. Um, continuing on from that. The one thing I'm looking at and I'm wondering about is how the NF, how the NFL, how the NIL is going to affect the NFL. So we talked about, okay, you can leave early now. You can, if you're, you know, junior, senior, if you have eligibility, even if you have a year or two left, you can still leave early. But how is the NIL going to affect that? Because if you can just stay in college and still play and make money, then I would say, why wouldn't you just stay in college? Especially if you're on this Tennessee team and you're sitting here at eight and one, what could you do next year? You know what I mean? You could stick around and find out like how far you could go. True. Uh, I get that. That's each person's personal decision. You have, you would have an unknown quarterback. Um, you might have more opportunities. Um, you, you might have financially better opportunities in the NFL or better to stay. That's everybody's personal decision. I think COVID makes it kind of, um, like kind of confusing as well. But Dean says, thanks from a retired uh, U.S. Army uh, veteran. And we certainly appreciate your service. Brittany agrees there. Thanks for all the veterans. Uh, man, I appreciate you pointing that out because that has slipped my mind. I I did realize uh, the Marine, Marine Corps day was yesterday, which, uh, wow, they've been around a while, like over 200 years. <laughs> I mean, we talk about football and it's like it's been around a long time, what, 130 years or so? Uh, the Marine Corps has been around for like over 260 years, I believe. So kudos to those guys. We couldn't be here and do what we do without you. Obviously, thank you very much. We're blessed to have people like you because it ain't me. I, I, I could not do that. Nutrition World brings you the down and dirty at 30. Go to nutritionw.com. That's nutritionw.com for the safest, best supplements you could possibly imagine and their e-commerce store will get you taken care of, and their e-commerce store is one of the best. That means they they get it out to you quickly. That means it's very easy to navigate. You get your supplements, and you'll be a return customer. Go to nutritionw.com. That's nutritionw.com. The innocent culprit says, go Army. Now, we're not going to turn Veterans Day into an Army, Navy, Air Force, everybody going against it thing. We, we love them all here. So, all right, some more seniors that I wanted to mention. Um, offensive line, Darnell Wright. How about a guy that is at left tackle, which is the money position, and the coaches come to him after starting every game last season, Caleb, and they say move to right tackle. I might have just picked up and said I'm going pro at that point. But he did it, and he's a more natural right tackle, as it turns out. So the coaches were right. And Caleb has probably made him money and he's been fantastic at that position. You got to love that story too. Yeah. I, I, there's a strong case that Darnell Wright's been the best player on the offense. And I say that with Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt. I'm not kidding. Even last week against Georgia, most of the uh, sacks came from the left side of the line. There were a lot of struggles by JJ Crawford and Gerald Mincy. Darnell Wright was no problem um, on his side. And he started at right tackle under Jeremy Pruitt, opposite Wanya Morris. And Darnell Wright was a five-star. Wanya Morris was a fringe five-star, but mostly a four-star on most services. But Wright was the only five-star. 
Morris actually got a lot more of the hype for the play of the first two years because they were both freshmen starting at tackle and there was a lot of hype behind them. Morris Bale transferred to Oklahoma. Uh, or was it was it Oklahoma? Was yeah. it one of the ones? It was yeah. Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah, how's that working out for you, buddy? But okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> random shot. I don't. Um, I, I mean, I honestly, Caleb, don't blame anybody for transferring out. No, I don't. Fiasco. I, I don't. I don't. It was just Oklahoma got the bulk of them because Oklahoma got Eric Gray and Key Lawrence. Look, we can be a little more savage to college athletes nowadays because of NIL money. Oh, because you they make money. Amanda. It's you they all agreed. Yeah, you, uh, like I, I used to have a policy that I was a lot when I graded games. I was I tried my best to not be hard on them because they were unpaid. They're getting paid now. I'm treating them like NFL athletes, and I get to be savage if I want to be savage to them. Agreed. <laughs> so, I can yeah. rub your nose in it if I want to because you're getting paid. Exactly. Right, so a couple other guys. They're not exactly. millionaires. Most of them. You don't uh, know. Jer- Jerome Carvel. No, I know that most of them are not millionaires. <laughs> I do know that. Uh, Not Jer- yet. No, it's never going to get to that point. But Jerome Carvin and Jeremiah Crawford are two others on the offensive line. You know, this offensive line was supposed to be a weakness. Caleb, it's guys, both of you jump in there. It's turned it turned out to be a strength, and they're both seniors. So obviously, we're we're illustrating it. it you know, not intentionally, but there's some rebuilding to do. But those two guys too have turned have helped turn this offensive line into a team strength. Yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, they, they, no one thought this offensive line was going to be any good this year. I mean, they thought they would be decent, but no one thought that they would be this good, this dominant, um, able to let, you know, hooker and Heifel just run this offense. Like they have it. If not for this offensive line, hooker wouldn't have so much time in the pocket. Hooker wouldn't be able to make those decisions. I mean, even when some plays get blown up, he still can sit back there. And I mean, I was counting during Alabama, Tennessee, like counting that guy had enough time to make a sandwich back there if he wanted to. I mean, there's there, people weren't getting to him. And and on the NIL thing, if I was making as much money as most of these players are making right now and I catch a lot of flack on YouTube, then I'd say, yeah, that's fine. You Come don't forth. know what most of these players are making. Uh, most of okay. these players aren't going to be millionaires. Most of these players are making a decent salary, but that's not the point. So, Let's also talk about for the transfers. We also don't know how much money they were making in McDonald's bags. And so that's true. So <laughs> I, the point is they've been making money for a lot longer than just since NIL became a thing. Byron Young is an incredible story. He worked at the Dollar General. I mean, how many guys worked at the Dollar General and their football career was pretty much over? And they said, no, I think I'm going to go to junior college and I think I'm going to resurrect my college career. Byron Young right now could easily be a regional manager of the Dollar General stores. But instead, he's going to go what? I would say Caleb third, fourth round at the lowest in in the NFL. I think he's got a bright uh, NFL future, NIL future. Um, I think he's got a bright future making money. Uh, playing college football instead of bagging groceries. I agree. And there's going to be a movie about him someday. If he like, even if he's not like an NFL star, there needs to be a movie. If there could be a movie about Rudy, the ultimate participation trophy award of all time, then there could be a movie about Byron Young who worked his way into college and was an actual valuable player um, for Tennessee. Yeah. Or Rudy. Michael or 
Blind well, he, there, there was a movie about him. No, oh, no, but no. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. There could be a movie about him. Yeah, you're yeah. right. If yeah. there's one about Michael Orr, they can make one. They can make one about Byron. How about, how about a sequel? <laughs> First of all, the blind side, there's a lot of lies in that movie. There's like, a whole lot of lies. A lot of lies. A whole lot of payment going on from Ole Miss. And well, of course. That's not, yeah. I mean, no one thinks and also, that funnily, their hearts they, of hearts, they did that. And yeah, they didn't bring Michael Orr in out of the goodness of their hearts. He was already, there were a bunch of families that were, that were, that he had been with at the time and he just liked them the best. And yeah, they were trying to funnel him to Ole Miss. He wanted to go to Tennessee. We all know that. Oh <laughs> so. yeah. I talked to him about it. And he said that he thought Philip Fulmer was his by far favorite coach. It wasn't even close. And I thought to myself uh, that uh, I thought, man, he's going to Tennessee. And then like a week later he committed to Ole Miss. So yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that, that story is a story. I'm still waiting for the sequel. Has anyone seen, though, when they mix it up and they make it like it's a horror movie? Has With anyone... Peyton Manning, yeah. <laughs> or, or no, the one where they got Sandra Bullock. She's like, you will come to my house. <laughs> and like, But they make her like with red eyes and stuff. So like she said it in a sweet way in the movie. You will come to my house like and be taken care of. But they make it look like with all this music underneath it. Has anybody seen that one? I've seen well the SBs did a version of that, but like a joke with Peyton Manning where Sandra Boca is capturing Peyton Manning and they dub Peyton Manning in on the on the blind side clips. But I, I didn't know there was another one. Well, I saw one on Dumb and Dumber if it was a thriller oh, last God. night, and it was uh classically funny, not as funny as the movie that Amanda loves. Uh when it comes to somebody that's got your back, Zach's got your back. She hates silly movies. Zach's got your back when it comes to personal injury representation in Chattanooga. Zach England of Best and Brock will take care of you. He brings you Ron Slay each and every Wednesday. And we love visiting with Ron. And Zach is every bit as formidable as those attorneys at the insurance companies are going to call. So, again, Zach England of Best and Brock. Zach's got your back. Somebody saying that they used uh, the promo code at crafttreats.com recently. Off the hook, you go to crafttreats.com. And we will hook you up because you can use the promo code off the hook, get 20% off of holistic, fantastic dog treats and cat treats and whatever your pet may like. And we'll take care of you. And by the way, Brittany's saying, if you can handle Will Anderson, you're doing a dang good job. You're right. And I don't really know the reasoning why they always, or not always, 90% of the time line him up on the left side of the defense instead of the right side, which is where you would traditionally put your best pass rusher. The only thing I could think of is that he's he's so good against the run that you like him there as well. But, yeah, Darnell Wright did a fantastic job against Will Anderson. I mean, who would have thought Amanda going into that game, a guy that was on my Heisman ballot and should have been at the ceremony, was not really a factor in that game. That's still pretty stunning to me. Yeah, it is pretty stunning. And I think, you know, we talked about this earlier, but the the reason that was given was anxiety. And I was – when well, you you mentioned that off the air, I hadn't heard that before. That Will Anderson about yes. anxiety, he had yes. anxiety. Had you heard that, That's... Caleb? Never heard that. And I think what yeah. throws me off the most is like I didn't think edge rusher was a position that anxiety really. Like you're you're, yeah. you're, Amanda, you're not playing quarterback. You just have really one job. Yeah, Amanda and I were talking before the show. Yeah, I mean I understand being a pitcher or being a golfer. There's a lot of positions in sports or uh, shooting the game winning free throw or being a kicker or being a kicker. 
I understand a lot. There's a lot of positions in sports, but it seems like to me that as far as anxiety, it's kind of like the Mike Tyson thing. He would cry a lot of times before. I don't know if you know this, but he would cry before his boxing matches. And then once he got hit or he hit somebody, he was fine. And seems like football would be like that. Yeah, I just wasn't for Will Anderson. He also did that drug that Aaron Rodgers is doing now, but it worked better for him than it does for Aaron Rodgers. I forget what it's called. Alushkoa or yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mike Tyson apparently. I've heard reports that he did that and it worked. (laughs) How do you pronounce that, Amanda? I. Why? Why would I know how to do that? Because I thought you were getting ready to say it. No. All right, so um, Alabama had a lot of anxiety before the Tennessee game, says Will Anderson, USA Today. Interesting. Yep. I hope he gets that worked out. Um, Okay, Dean says Ashiganda. Ashiganda. Yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, Ron White, I believe, took that, the comedian. I love Ron White. To get over alcohol. Because Hmm. Dean Martin, back in the day, for those that don't know, he had apple juice. And it wasn't re- he wasn't really drunk all the time. Anxiety is a weird thing. Anxiety is a weird thing. Yeah, um, I have it. But right now, I hope not. No, I haven't. I well, I just this is open book. I have an anxiety disorder, so that's <laughs> yeah. So there we are. Sharing, have one. sharing. All right. So um, uh, man is doing great. <laughs> Caleb's doing great. Caleb, any anxiety I on care. your end? I haven't check to see if i have any i mean I, every now and then i have anxiety but i don't think it's anything like i, I don't know I, i'm not going to diagnose myself on a sports radio show uh, hit, hit subscribe like and share we greatly appreciate that Hiwaska is how you pronounce it joe says we've got a lot of hawaiska uh, uh fans or i don't know has anybody done that on here yeah Dean says just try some craft reads. It's more affordable because Ron Ron White said he paid like five thousand dollars to go do this drug for a week in some island out I in nowhere. I don't understand the whole like, oh, I did this to quit this. Like <laughs> you basically just substituted one for the other. Is that well? Yes, but some really addictions are more dangerous than others. To be well, fair. there are some hallucinogens that are supposed to reset your brain. That's all. Oh, yeah, I've seen yeah. some of that. That's and that's true. it's I've one of those. That. He said he Colorado just decriminalized magic mushrooms, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming up, um, Smoky Mountain Red said mine is work-related anxiety on meeting deadlines. Amen to that, brother. Coming up in uh, exactly two minutes, we'll tell you what you need to know about Missouri and why the balls should be triumphant as we're with you each and every weekday at 8.30 off the hook sports. And I want to say this. If you're even considering bettering your financial position, then you need to go to GIAplantoday.com. GIAplantoday.com. Guardian Investment Advisors. And Guardian Investment Advisors are going to make sure that you understand why they give you the suggestions that they will give you. So that is very important. You understand what's going on with your money. And now with inflation, you better take advantage of that. So back in two minutes, we'll tell you why Missouri could maybe 
pose a threat. Uh, but again, go to GIAplantoday.com with video teleconferencing. You can get the best service in the nation wherever you may live. Off the Sports, back in two minutes. It has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli South subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. This is Al's Disc Barbecue Supply, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food, and we'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, eh, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh, my God. Today's tough question is brought to you by Zool Beer Company, the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. Fantastic parking downtown and worldwide award-winning craft beer it's unbelievable you will love it so we put the i always <laughs> debate to bed which <laughs> apparently that helps you get over drinking and smoking and stuff like that so good all right i'm glad we got that out of the way uh, maybe we could team up with them and offer a giveaway to an awuska island near you well it wouldn't be near you because Tennessee. We're in Tennessee. There's no near you where drugs are legal. There's that, there's that one yeah. island in Norris Lake. Arkansas uh, just shot down legal weed, legal weed the other day, which I think that I, I was shocked. I didn't know any state was still against legalizing weed. But oh, uh, speaking of Arkansas, Arkansas State's head coach, you might know him. <laughs> His name is Jones. Did you see the clip about him that he's on there? teleconference what what are they in the swack i don't even know what 
what's Arkansas State in? Sunbelt. 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 Okay, great. Um, so they're in the Sunbelt, and Butch Jones, former Tennessee coach, you know, they ask him a question. He goes, yeah, now I just got to get started with. Uh, and he's so he tries to manipulate interviews, and he always tried to do that with all of this stuff, champions of life and all that stuff. And Dave hates Butch Jones, by the way, like hates him, to, just despises Well, him. I, I think he's just a bad person. Um, I don't hate him. I don't hate anybody. I think he's a bad person. But anytime his name comes up, you are just well, he was very he was very abusive to a lot of people I know, including players and media and, and assistant coaches. So that's a fact. But and he was a terrible liar. <laughs> yeah, and he's a terrible liar. I mean, he's not a good person, but nevertheless. So he goes on, I mean, that's his cross to bear, not mine. <laughs> but he goes to Arkansas State. So he's on this interview. And he says, well, let me tell you this story first. And he he really describes it as he's going down a road, getting on the interstate. He's got two cement uh, blocks because it's construction. You know how that that gives me anxiety, speaking of Iowa. But um, he's going down this road and he's part of a car chase. And somebody pushed him into the wall, a guy, a culprit that is trying to get away from the cops. So it did like $18,000 of damage and I'll be good grief. It sounded just like the opening stages of the Bobby Petrino fiasco. Oh yeah. I was seeing that. Because remember it started with Bobby Petrino saying that, Hey, I, um, uh, I was just involved in an accident. Everything's fine. He didn't mention the fact that he had a co-ed on the back of his car. Well, so, there's other times that that's happened. I mean, we all can remember the one time at Tennessee. I'm not going to go into it, but. Yes. That what? Say that again. That there was a co-ed involved in a. a oh, in the Lane Kiffin? Oh, I think yeah. that's pretty much common knowledge. I don't yeah. Well, it, yes. I don't but I'm just saying. It's around that one. I didn't want to, I'm not going to be sued for defamation because I don't know like the details, but I'm just saying there, we know there was a co-ed in a certain situation. Brittany says Butch has a five-star heart. He was a five-star road obstacle is what he was. (laughs) Speed police chase. All right. uh, It's Ashwagandu. Ashwagandu. We're learning how to pronounce that right here. All right. So um, today's tough question is as simple as this. Other than Hendon Hooker, because he would win in a landslide, who is your favorite senior uh, as we approach senior day? So uh, I'm going to take Jacob Warren because he works with us. You guys each can uh, choose one who you think uh, Tennessee's standout senior is. Um, I'm taking Jacob Warren. Uh, let me start with you, Caleb. Um, do you want to take Princeton fan? Or are we going double tights here? Yeah, I, yeah, I want to go Princeton fan. <laughs> do you want to pick another tight end, Amanda? No, I'm going uh, Jeremy Banks. Jeremy Banks, I love it. Turn things around. Okay, can we just make Byron Young four then? Because I was going to say other. But uh, let's let's go. Can we? Is it too late to do that? Yeah, Byron Young's a good one. Yeah, Byron Young's a good one. Um, that's actually can oh, I change? Princeton yeah. fans a great story because he was there the whole time. Byron Young wasn't, but like again, Byron Young is the Rudy who actually contributed. You know, only Notre Dame gets a movie like that of a player who didn't even do anything. But 
gracious. I think I think Caleb dislikes uh, Notre Dame more than I dislike Butch Jones. Oh, um, I just like Butch Jones a good bit too, by the way. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, um, y'all need some of that drug. The, the whatever it's supposed to be like the peace and love. Hating drug. is the drug, to... Amanda. Hating makes us feel good. Hating yeah, makes well. you angry and driven. Uh, no, we don't hate. So Tennessee Juniors wanted Byron Young. Uh, sponsorship needed for daily ashwagandha giveaways. I think you're like out for like like four hours or 12 hours or whatever. I don't know. Like back in the day, the kids that took acid said it was like a 12-hour commitment, right? I have no idea. I have not done any like drugs. Like, okay. Today's tough question. Drugs. Hardest drug you've done. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> All right, so um, ashwagandha would uh, would not be mine. I think I'm good without ashwagandha. All right, so who are our four, Amanda? Who have we got settled on? Byron Young, Jeremy Banks, Princeton Fant, and Jacob Warren. Okay, already a vote for uh, Jacob. Uh, Jacob Warren gets a vote, and uh, Jeremy Banks gets a vote. If you haven't had the opportunity, yes, this is a football show. We're about to break down. Um, Missouri right now, John, hang with me. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to Jacob Warren's interviews, I do not mean this in any shape, form or fashion that I'm doing a good job, but they are fantastic because he is the, one of the best, most well-spoken individuals I have ever been around or covered. And I love visiting with him each and every week along with Cooper Mays. So today's tough question brought to you by Pedigo Chattanooga downtown. Pedigo Chattanooga offers you rentals that you can tour around Chattanooga or you can buy there and know that you have a service department in case something goes wrong. So don't buy those e-commerce bikes because they just don't work out. All right. It is a football show. So, Caleb, give me a couple of ways because I've looked at it. And I'm just going to be real honest with you. I don't see any way Missouri with their offense, even though they're pretty good defensively. I don't see a path other than and you can't choose this one other than Tennessee literally fumbling it away with fumbles or interceptions or making a lot of mistakes. I don't see a path in which, in which Missouri just straight up wins this game. Do you? I do, but only because of what I saw last week with Georgia. No, Missouri's not Georgia at all. Agreed. Um, but again, I, I've talked, I, I wrote yesterday analytically about Missouri's defensive line guys. This, this defensive line is as good as any defensive line in college football. And if they can take away the run with their defensive line, we know Josh Heupel desperately needs the run game to work for his offense to really do what it needs to do, uh, particularly beating teams over the top. And if they take away the run with that defensive line, they can maybe make the game a little ugly, you know, slow down the tempo when they have the ball. And I mean, you can maybe, you're right, see a couple fluke plays here or there, and then it happens. Um not to mention, I, I, you know, there's still the off chance that we don't know how Tennessee mentally regroups from last week's loss. We don't know how focused they're going to be on all the other college football play on all the other college football playoff related games involving the Oregon's or whatever. How much they're going to be thinking about that? It's a noon kickoff, um, so senior day, which is always distracting. I think if Tennessee can get their run game going. I think it's going to be a blowout because I don't think Missouri's defensive backs are equipped to handle their receivers, but I think Tennessee has to be able to lure the linebackers in and, and really force Missouri to put a couple extra guys in the box when they run the ball. And that's, that's harder against Missouri than it is against most teams Tennessee's faced. Let me ask you this, Amanda, do you think 
Georgia, other than being more physically talented, showed the rest of the nation how to beat Tennessee, or were they just better in the matchups? Do you did you see anything schematically, anything they did different that other teams have done? Because I didn't. I just thought it was one on one. They won matchups on that day. I mean that's that's it. It was, it was just the matchups one on one and and the physicality of Georgia. Um, it they weren't scared to draw a penalty. They weren't scared, you know, in the secondary to get a PI. Now there weren't a lot of those called, but they weren't scared to get one. I mean, you could see that with these receivers because that's the only way Tennessee's receiving, you know, core could be stopped is if you get extremely physical with them and I understand Georgia's good I'm not saying Georgia's not good I'm not saying that their secondary is not good because they are but they were not afraid to to be I guess hands-on to put it lightly okay let me stick with you and then I want to bounce to Caleb on this um Tennessee did not respond to D Williams not returning that punt going out at the one yard line. They have admitted they didn't respond well to the loud crowd. That is the one time that from an emotional mental perspective, they didn't respond. Well, you had the fumble that was a touchdown against Alabama. You had the near comeback at Florida and they responded well in all those games. So do you come away from the Georgia game after they said, admittedly that the crowd was a factor do you come away from that game wondering about how tough they are mentally at all? No, I don't come away from that. And if we're going to blame, you know, if I'll cast blame. I'll throw it around right now. If I'm going to blame people for that crowd noise and for that, you know, the, the atmosphere that was so bad for Tennessee, I'm going to blame two people. Please don't, two- one, please don't let one of them be me. I'm so scared right now, Caleb. Can you see the fear in my I'm going to blame two groups of people, I guess. I'll blame two groups of people. That first is going to be media members, former Tennessee players, that came out and riled up Georgia fans for, for no reason. And I know I said that I went to Georgia Stadium one time and I didn't think it was that loud. They needed signs. And that was true. Then that was back in 2006. And I agree. But, yes. But former players coming out and saying, it's not that hard to play at Georgia. I've done it. They're not loud. They're, you know, whatever else. I'm going to blame you for riling those fans up because. And it, you're talking you never, about, Eric, you're talking about Eric Gange. I mean, yes. We well, you never need to motivate other fan bases. There's no point in doing that. And number two, college football playoff committee. I'm going to blame you because you put Georgia at three and it made them angry. <laughs> so I, I, I would, I would go slightly more the latter, but only about 60, 40. So, and I'm, I'm again, I'm not laying the blame at Eric Ainge or anybody in the media's feet, but I, I do think for whatever reason that became a story. I think the fact that the Atlanta journal constitution sent Mike Griffith up to ask about, that um, specifically was a little weird. Um, and I thought it was funny that Josh Heupel said, that's a bright red shirt you got on. And um, so, 
No, it became a story. Whether or not it's Eric Angel's fault or whoever's right. fault, it, Caleb, it, it did become a story, and it got Georgia fans ultra-motivated. There was no sneaking up on a team um, in, uh, on Saturday, uh, you know, against Georgia. There was no sneaking up on them whatsoever. No, I, I agree, and that's why I actually go the other opposite way of what you did, Dave. I go 60-40 in favor of the former of what Amanda said. I think the – Crowd, I think the talking of the crowd noise actually had a bigger impact than the college football playoff rankings. Okay. The reason I say that is I think Georgia, they don't have to get up for that many games this year. So whether or not they were one, two, or three, they were going to circle this game and take this one ultra seriously and be ultra motivated because we knew going into the game, this was – we're forgetting about this now, but Georgia kind of had to win that game going into last week. We felt We felt that – if they don't, they could be out of the playoff race because they wouldn't go to the SEC title. They don't have multiple quality wins in their back pocket like Tennessee does. And so I think no matter what Georgia – you wouldn't be able to sneak up on Georgia. And also I'm a believer that, like, if you think your team's a national championship contender, well, you're not going to win a national championship sneaking up on everybody. You know, once you get to the playoff, you're going to – everybody's going to be up for those games. And you're not going to – so I, I think that that's not – but the former, yeah, I, I've never heard the Georgia crowd that loud. And I don't think it's anything about – I don't think Tennessee prepared for it well. I also – I don't even think it was fully one-on-one matchups. I've been saying – I thought Kirby Smart confused – I'm going to say it. I thought he confused Josh Heupel a little bit with those blitz packages on the left side. And Josh Heupel's never going to admit that. But – He's also never going to admit to kind of jump on that point that he probably should have called some more screen passes. yeah. Yeah, two screen passes would have would have changed the whole complexion of that game because Georgia was playing really soft coverage on the outside, knew that guys like Cedric Tillman weren't going to beat them deep, and then they were just blitzing constantly. And Heupel could have – I don't think Heupel – I think Heupel was so stuck with his preparations and his game plans. I thought that he I, – I don't, I don't think he thought Georgia would stay committed to that the whole game. And – I don't blame him for that, but yeah. Brittany brings up a good point. It was one of the biggest games at Sanford Stadium. Yes, that's very true. So that probably helped the crowd noise as well. I don't think all the talk beforehand that it wasn't loud should be dismissed, though, whatsoever. That certainly did not help. No, I think that was. I mean, if it, I I think that was a factor. Um, Yeah. Let's be honest, a quarter former president, that's a low-energy stadium usually, okay? <laughs> um, low-energy stadium. What president said that? Trump used to call Jeb Bush low-energy oh, Jeb. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. My, my, the thing I remember the most was 2000 when Georgia beat Tennessee. You know, they ended that nine-game winning streak. They stormed the field in the most, like, haphazard way. Like, it was, like, kind of a – I guess we kind of stormed the field, guys. And it took them like 18,756 hours to get the two goalposts, to get one goalpost down. And so, and I mean, like, I remember when Tennessee stormed the field against Florida, they got both goalposts down and like within like a minute, those things were gone. And the same with Alabama a few weeks ago. And Georgia's like, yay, we're going to storm the field. Cool. Let me, let me share a a story with you that I had with somebody within Tennessee's football, a conversation I had within Tennessee's football program yesterday afternoon. So, what was it, is it is it fair to say the common belief amongst the three of us? I almost said four of us because I'm looking at the screen with me on it, but there's just three of us. But is it is it a common belief among the three of us that Tennessee's going to respond really well and play 
at a high level for the remainder of the season. Is that a common? Just everybody think um, Amanda alluded to it. Yeah, I think that with their that your competition. Yeah, yeah, that's a part yeah. of it. Kayla, yes. their maturity. Yeah, and their maturity. Okay, so I talked to somebody, and it was it was not football related at all. And I was talking to somebody about um, a totally different subject. He's like, these guys really mad, <laughs> really mad, because the mantra within that um, that locker room right now is to showcase everything, much like I'm sure Georgia did about the crowd noise, to showcase everything they possibly can about how Georgia exposed Tennessee. Now, I don't think that's the case. I haven't even seen that written that much. I'm sure people have said it on Twitter. Everybody says everything on Twitter. But I haven't seen exposed. I've seen beaten. I've seen outplayed. I've seen all that, but I haven't seen suddenly Josh Hopple's a buffoon or anything along those lines. Well, the, the, these, the players are being shown that, and they're angry, and that's why, um, again, I, I don't gamble on sports, but I don't know what the point spread is on this, Caleb, but I, I, I think Tennessee, Tennessee wins this game big. I think they have the right mindset going in, and there's not going to be a hangover for, from a loss. It's just a little bit of insight. You know, I've, I've I've seen practices and approaches go different ways, and the game end up different. What is the spread, Caleb? By the way, it's twenty point five to twenty one, depending on which uh, site you gamble on. So, uh, I, look, the thing is, it's funny. I, I'm sorry, I got triggered. Exposed is the most annoying word that any sports media person says because they say that every time somebody gets beat, and I'm sick of hearing that word. They got exposed. What the heck does that mean? They got exposed. Can we retire that word from sports? Sorry, that is my biggest rant of the day. I lose it when people say that because every time someone gets beat, we're like, they got exposed. How about they just got beat? People I, hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about it, but I'm trying to think of an example in which somebody did just get to a uh, scheme got totally exposed. I mean, to me, exposed is when you realize a guy can't dribble with his left hand. So you force him left. Yeah, that's exposed. Yeah. I don't know that schematically I can recall a time in which somebody was completely exposed. What about 1997 LSU, Florida? Oh, Spurrier's fun and gun. Well, that was the first (laughs) SEC loss for Spurrier in four years at the time. And Oh, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Um, John Chavis, uh, we were at, um, this was in, this was in 2001. Okay, so this is before 9-11, before the game got moved back. He was very, very confident in that college football had caught up to Steve Spurrier. So that's four years later. Okay, but we're talking about John Chavis, so that's perfect pacing. (laughs) So um, there was a sense that people caught up to Steve Spurrier. So there may be one. So you go back to 97 LSU, Florida. That's pretty amazing that you would go back to that game. Caleb. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Florida's had the high-powered offense. They were undefeated in SEC play, and that was Spurrier had won four straight SEC titles. LSU beats Florida, as you remember, Dave. Georgia then beats Florida, which gets Peyton Manning into his only SEC championship that he wins. Um, and I think um, you know, Florida didn't. He they won. Spurrier won one SEC championship his last five years at Florida after winning four straight in the '90s and going undefeated for two of those years. In the SEC, so 
Yeah. The only um, thing I see as exposed is when you literally expose a weakness that no one saw in, right. yeah. in, in a team. Like you said, a guy can't dribble left-handed, you know, or, or this guy can't, can't run up the field. I don't know. Or Antonio Just, Brown's at a hotel in Dubai. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're talking about exposed. <laughs> That's the only time I see exposed, but I think Caleb's right. They people use it way too often when they don't really mean exposed. They just mean they got beat. Maybe they got out schemed. Maybe they got out coached, but not exposed. Exposed when you say, "Okay, this quarterback can't throw downfield," you know, and and we just saw why, or we just saw whatever. It's not exposed if somebody just gets kind of out coached or game plans just not in place that's should be okay i'll give you another i'll give you another exposed okay um my the jordan rules michael jordan do not let him go down there and score just because you think that he's a deity of basketball don't let him score easily make him go to the ground every time so he was somewhat exposed he worked out got bigger and stronger developed a better outside shot and then he overcame his own exposure. Okay, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I wasn't watching basketball because I was four at the t- or two at the time. I'm a big okay. NBA fan, but I wasn't watching then. I've looked at numbers. That narrative of the Jordan rules is one of the biggest lies ever told in sports. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, they, it they absolutely is. just – they knocked him to the ground Wait, every time. But, but Dave, what the is, first two what do you times- want, Time out. Stop, stop, stop. What do you define as the Jordan rules? Okay, the Jordan rules I know is the what the Detroit Pistons did to Michael Jordan, where they played him really physical, and that's how they kept him from reaching the Bulls from reaching the finals. And then Michael Jordan buffed up, got stronger and tougher. The whole Bulls team did, and Phil and Jackson came an in and, shot and developed an outside shot. Only and developed an outside shot. Okay, we're forgetting a huge part of this. One, um, the first time the Bulls lost in the Eastern Conference Finals, they were a six seed. The Pistons were a one. So the Pistons were just the – it wasn't like the Pistons were the only team to expose oh, okay. the Bulls. Well, and, I know. The Jordan – okay, let me – I don't I don't want to interrupt, but the, and I don't want to get too sidetracked. But the Jordan rules to me was that you're not going to let him beat you by taking it to the rim over and over. Okay, but the – That's the extent of the Jordan rules. Okay, the wait. Second- time out, everyone. Time out. Okay. We're getting way off topic here with Jordan rules. Why don't you, we'll deal with this on Monday. Caleb, you give me your input. Dave, you give me in, your input and they, we will break and we will deal with this on Monday. <laughs> Let's do that. Cause we are getting way off topic Fair enough. here. Fair enough. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll talk Cruton. How about talking Cruton right now? And it's brought to you by city heating and air conditioning, city heat and It's about integrity. And one of Tennessee's top prospects, is on the move. What does that mean for the boss? Talking Cruden. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Who's on Tennessee's board? The names you need to know exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. So this actually broke uh, in the Chattanooga Times Free Press. Boo Carter has left Chattanooga Christian School. We don't know why. We only have confirmation, probably Stephen Hargis, who broke the story. And he is one of Tennessee's top prospects. So he leaves right after... Uh, football season and um, you know we had talked to Caleb Giroux how he was charged in the field at LSU and and actually was in a boot at one point and uh, he charged the field at Tennessee wherever he goes fields get charged and um, Caleb I'm I'm curious in this day and age 
of of recruiting. I, we have to remember Nico actually transferred schools right before the season started. Is this even a concern? Like when 15 years ago, it was a major red flag for a guy to leave one high school for another, unless he had some sort of a, uh, some sort of reasoning that, Hey, this is a private school. They're taking me in because of my athletic ability. And it gives me a better opportunity. You always understood that one. Other than that, he's leaving a private school cause for concern. Caleb, do you think? Uh, I'm going to go. Anic- uh, go ahead. Anecdotally, I'm going to say no. And the reason I'm going to say no is because um, Walter Nolan last year um, is, you know, he transferred schools three or four times. He, the last school he transferred to was Powell in Knoxville. And he's from Memphis and he transferred to Powell. And this is the top defensive tackle in the nation. And everybody's like, oh, he's he transferred to Knox County. He's going to Tennessee, obviously. And then he ends up going to Texas A&M. Probably one of the players Nick Saban complained about. I don't know. But um, uh, I think I think this point, I think there is kind of – I don't know what the reasoning is behind the transfers anymore. It's more common in basketball. You see college – you see high school basketball players now. By the time they're noticed, they, they're at a prep school. And, and, and so I will say when you're transferring public school to public school, it's a little interesting because I'm like – Okay, I get if you transfer to a prep school and you want to be noticed by scouts or something like that. But I'm like, I, I so there, there's so many moving parts with this that I can't really, I can't really speak for sure. Yeah, it's is. it's not nearly as big of a deal as it used to be to me when you see one player transfer to another. Like I said, Nico did that as well. Um, yeah, and a lot of the times they don't really describe the the reasoning behind it. I'd uh, be interested to hear if, if Boo Carter speaks publicly about it. But, you know, whether or not you like it, it's kind of leaked down to uh, the the transfer portal has kind of leaked down to the high school level. Amanda, I mean, players are going to look at different schools and if they don't have relationships um, that they think are worth worthwhile at one school. Now, also, the TSSAA has loosened transfer rules over the years. So you're able to go to different places. Um, yeah, I think it's something that Tennessee fans should be aware of, and I'm sure the coaches are on top of it and know exactly why. But I think deep down, wouldn't we all like somebody? And we just talked about the seniors. It would be duplicitous to say you wouldn't like somebody to stick it out in the tough times, right? I mean, yeah, I agree with that. But, you know, is football season's over, correct? For Yes. For Yes. So maybe – Let's let's not pretend like recruiting doesn't happen in high school. I mean, let's let's not pretend. Well, that private that's schools. Walter, yeah, that's why Walter Nolan went to Powell, where right. Brown went. I where didn't. Pri- well, also where private schools like you have the MBAs and the Ensworths and all that stuff, and you you look at some of you know the kids that go there and know that there's no way they're paying fifty grand a year or whatever it is now at MBA and and Ensworth to go there. Is they have scholarships. So let's not pretend like that doesn't happen in high school. We know that that happens. And if you're Boo Carter, maybe you went to this school to do, to play football and now you're done and you want to go and, and graduate with, you know, or go and, and be with your friends. Maybe his friends don't go to that school. Maybe he hangs out with other people that are somewhere else. I mean, that happens. And maybe you just want to be with the people that you grew up with and that's okay. Now, Yes, I would be 
a, I have two sides. So I could be a little concerned considering that he is at, you know, that he's easy to just jump ship. But since it's not something football related, or at least it doesn't appear that, then I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really care. Maybe he just wants to be with his friends. Yeah. He's a kid. Fair enough. And apparently there's going to be a new drinking game based off the show. Um, because I apparently say a bet your mortgage. So every time I say that, you have to take a drink. Do I say that a lot? Yes, you do. do I, Caleb, do I say that a lot? If you have to bet your mortgage? I mean, I ha- yes, but I say that sometimes too. I've actually said take out a second mortgage on your house and bet it. So, you know, I, I'm a little more friendly. Change it up. <laughs> Maybe that's the key. All right. Uh, so I... I don't think it's a huge uh, concern. I think uh, Tennessee is also in a position where they'll be able to ascertain what's happening if, if they don't know, which they probably already do. We'll know by Monday and let you know uh, each and every weekday at 830. So as as far as commitments, Tennessee currently has 22 and ranked 11th in the nation. Uh, Caleb is as well, if they, as things have gone for Tennessee, easy for me to say, they ultimately have got to get up in that top five in recruiting to win games against Georgia like they did. Because Georgia, I believe, is what Alabama was five, six, seven years ago. So they're going to have to get up in the top five. Top 11 sounds great. Um, I remember Derek Dooley one time crowed about the fact that I think he was uh, 22. I mean, but that... When you look at the SEC, I mean, top 11 usually means fifth or sixth in the SEC. So that's that's not that incredible when you take it into perspective. So, uh, Caleb, Tennessee has to continue to, to benefit off of this season, a possible college football playoff, and the NIL as well. Yeah, I, I wouldn't worry too much about 2023 if I were people because, look, a lot of – and you know this, Dave, you've covered it – the bulk of recruiting for the signing class in February is done the previous summer before the season's even played. Like 70% of the work is done um, by the, by the time the season even starts. I'd say 75% of it is done. Tennessee entered this season coming off a seven. They they weren't, no one, the 2023 class is not going to be impacted that much by their top five ranking, their eight, no start. It's not going to be impacted that much by the fact that look, they're still, because they won't conclude it, an NCAA investigation hanging over the Vols' heads right now. And the Vols delayed their response, which I don't blame them because they're in the college football playoff race. They don't want a, a long-shot postseason ban when they're in this race right now. But until that gets resolved, which will probably be sometime next winter, I would say February, um, that's going to be a tiny factor with recruits. And so I think... Those two things, I think the magic class is the 2024 class. That's the class where you are going to start to see Tennessee really loading up. I, I've, I've, I've said in the past, you can lose your class this season before National Signing Day. You can't really gain your class this season before National Signing Day. I'm not, uh, you can go ahead and bet your mortgage. I'm going to steal that line. Um, Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee, by the way has four commitments for the 2024 class. Uh, Jonathan Eccles out of IMG Academy. Listen, I was going to tell you, having somebody from IMG Academy is a good thing because they produce four- and five-star prospects like they're just uh, growing fruit. It's amazing. Uh, Caleb, uh, that's why the kids go there. Um, It's pretty much a football school 
or an athletic school, I should say. Caleb Beasley, who's a cousin of Aaron Beasley, uh, is committed. He's a four-star guy. So Eccles was a five-star guy that I mentioned. Uh, Mazeo Bennett was a big pickup recently for Tennessee. He's a four-star kid. Carson Gentle is a gentle giant. He's a three-star defensive lineman out of Macaulay School in Chattanooga. So I find it interesting that Chattanooga is so on Tennessee's radar. Um, I think Nashville is one to certainly watch as well. You were going to say something, Caleb? I'm sorry. No, no, I wasn't going to say anything. Okay. Uh, So uh, coming up, uh, I'm going to tell you exactly who you need to root for and root against, not only in the Heisman Trophy, but also – um, in the college football playoff. And how about we take a look at the Heisman Trophy odds, because that's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. And why Tennessee is in the best position of any team in the nation in terms of NIL. We've talked about that before, but recently Josh Heupel addressed it. And um, I'm telling you, Tennessee is going to take advantage of it uh, as well as anybody in the nation two minutes. I remind you that I'm not wearing contacts and I'm not wearing glasses. Why? Because Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Han, their vision center is unparalleled and incredibly awesome. And they're local. You don't get that a lot. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Han right there in Wise Garber, local doctors that will perform your eye surgery, be it LASIK or cataracts back in two minutes. And we tell you who to root for this weekend and also why Tennessee will be the NIL champ for the foreseeable future. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. Is about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do, and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left, and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. This day in sports history, putting things in perspective, exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old, when you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda Labrada. New kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. 
This day in sports history, as we go back just a little bit, not too far, pretty far. 1916, Tennessee recorded their first home win versus Vanderbilt. Anybody want to guess the final score? Can I guess it, or is this for the fans? Did you know it? Good gravy. If you know, I think I do. Oh my gosh, Amanda, it's not fair. But I'm gonna. I'm done. Yeah, I'm (laughs) tapping out. I'm not even gonna try. Wait, that wasn't a home win. Tennessee. Oh, 1960. No, I don't know that. I know 1914 when they won at Vanderbilt. Sorry, I don't know. I'm still done. I'm still done. Okay. Um. Anybody? Dudley Field. What are we guessing, kids? What's the score? Twelve to two. Okay, so I'm going to combine those and see who gets closest. There may have been a safety in that game. Caleb, you. Fifteen to thirteen. No, it was think Peyton Manning. It was ten to six. Okay, you went over because it'd be sixteen, right? Huh? Yeah. So you went over. So in the price, no, I win. Lose. Yes, you won. You went one dollar. <laughs> That's why you should. You should have had Caleb go first and go a dollar. Wow. Amanda's the Wikipedia machine over here. Not me. She is so. throwing eight. <laughs> Do you love or hate when somebody goes a dollar? Oh. I can. Oh, I can. I mean, the dollar is fine because at least you commit. But the worst kind of people in this world are the people that the guy guesses $2,200 and then the girl comes up and is like, 2201 I want to oh, smack you. Yeah. I want to yeah. smack you off of the stage. I rant over. I, I cannot stand it. Yeah, I, I don't like that one either. I don't have, that's a good point. I don't like that first because then you've got to hit it exactly. And you do what you need to do to win, guys. I'm sorry. I like I'm, the dude who went up there and lost on purpose just so he could go, uh, they they go, uh, Richard, what's your bet? And he goes, 420, Bob. And obviously it was a marijuana reference. And then they came back to him the next time. It was a totally different prize. And they go, Richard, what's your bet? And he goes, I'm going to have to go with 420, Bob. And he came back and he, he actually lost on purpose because he bid 426 straight times. Is that in California? <laughs> yes. That's where was. it's filmed? Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Maybe he was high. When he did it. There's no question in my mind he was stoned as a bat when he was doing that. I mean, God. I mean, sounds like fun to me. Loyalty. <laughs> um, somebody said, I'm excited to see what Ethan Davis can do in this offense once he get, gets here at tight end. Yes, I'm told that he is just a physical athletic beast. He'll be in the 2023 class maybe a little rough around the edges. He's a basketball type guy. So you're going to have to teach him some of the fundamentals at tight end, but I think he'll be very good. Brittany goes back to talking about uh, some things that repeat themselves on our show. Brittany says, if you want alcohol poisoning, drink every time Tim Banks says, you know, I may or may not have counted at least 130 times in a 10 minute press conference. (laughs) Okay. Why this strikes me is so funny. And Amanda knows me well enough. I love her to death. She knows that I can get on the verge of the giggles and lose it. One time, <laughs> I was talking to her, and yeah, I don't smoke marijuana. Don't do do ayahuasca, as we talked about earlier. And she's like, "It was one night. I was just your brain was crushed. Like, are you high?" But um, I wasn't. I asked, and <laughs> she did ask seriously. 
but I do get the giggles. And if I if I don't steer away from this one topic, I will get the giggles. Is we use a transcribing software, and Caleb, I've sent you some of it, and it picks up every you know and adds you knows. I yes. think, and if you don't go through and clean it up. Then there will be 50, and I, you know, Jalen Hyde is probably, other than the guys that work with us, probably my favorite player on the team for how open he's been. But it's, you know, Bob, you know, it, you know, John, you know, and it transcribes everyone. And that used to be my grandparents' biggest pet peeve. So I don't understand how you can interview players when they say, you know, all the time. So some people, that's a big bet fee, but on the transcribing software, Caleb, it really shows up. Does it not? Oh, yeah. Well, Dave and I are both local news <laughs> have both been local reporters for local papers. So we've written stories where we were the source of the quote. And, you know, you're taught in journalism school how to quote. And it's like, but you're supposed to quote them exactly. But I'm like, do I really have to put in all the you knows when I write this quote out? Or can I just like... a lot of dot, dot, dots there? Yeah. A lot I, of dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I started the new Sentinel around about June of 2005. Yeah, right about June. Let's, let's, let's say May. By June, I realized that I'm cutting out a lot of you knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no point... It makes it just comes out in print and makes the poor player coach look stupid. And uh, yeah, I just decided to do that. So, this day in sports history, by the way, 10 to 6, Tennessee gets the first win at their home field against Vanderbilt. Brought to you by Viles Automotive Group. Integrity matters right there at Viles Automotive Group on Callahan. And they want, they need, and they appreciate your business. And they are incredible. Great service department as well. All right. So, why, oh, why will Tennessee benefit from the NIL more than any other team? Well, I wrote about that this morning after um, Josh Heupel was asked about it. So let me give you a little bit of explanation. There was supposedly this divide that was supposed to exist. People thought people were unsure. And that's why Josh Heupel at SEC Media Days looked like he was dancing around on a hot skillet because he was so uncomfortable talking about NIL. This is so against what these coaches have been brought up on Caleb is providing any financial inducement to a player current or prospect or otherwise. So now there's a coming together and you had Danny white uh, send out a message essentially saying, pay our athletes, uh, Tennessee's athletic director. That's exactly what he said uh, to paraphrase. And uh, you had Josh Heupel that was asked about it yesterday. So I've said this before and uh, guys, I'm not sure if we've had the discussion, but I, I will I will say this again. You find me a school. I'm going to open it up to you guys. You find me. Tell me one school that can benefit more from NIL than Tennessee. And I want our message board people to put it out there, too. I know a lot of you are Tennessee fans, but you give me a school. Okay, like throw a Texas A&M out there. They have a bigger budget. We'll talk about Texas A&M. Give me a bigger school. And if anybody can find a school that has a better NIL advantage, and unfortunately I'm the judge, jury, and executioner of this, I will hook them up with a, uh, a, a barbecue gift pack to Owl's Nest Barbecue or uh, a Craft Treats gift certificate. All right, Caleb, you start. Give me one school that's going to benefit more. About, or do you want to start? Amanda looks giddy and ready. Oh, go. I'm ready. Okay, give me Caleb's one. not. Give me one. Yeah. Okay, I have two. Okay, and we're just talking NIL, correct? 
just talking NIL, that Tennessee, I believe, has as much of an advantage as any team in the nation. Okay. Well, these two go together, so I have to give you two. Oregon, Maryland, those two. Okay. Um, Nike, Under Armour. I know exactly where you're going, yeah. No. Um, so, Oregon um, is a very, very good one. Let me start with Maryland. Maryland's money, and Caleb, you might want to speak to this. Caleb uh, lives in Maryland and went to Maryland. Caleb, um, Under Armour's money is dwarfed by Nike's money. It's it's significant, but they're not able to dole it around. We could check stock prices. So there is a direct relationship there. So I think I would eliminate Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers. I would eliminate Maryland. Okay. Back Rutgers. Elon yeah, Musk. Keep going. Did he go to Rutgers? Yes. Boy, man, imagine if he decided to get in a college football game. Okay, that blow, that would blow my argument way out of the water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is a Rutgers? That uh, player from 1986 said for Tennessee, and they lost to Rutgers that year. All right, uh, <laughs> Caleb, I think it was 86. All right, so would you agree with me that Maryland doesn't have the money and doesn't have the fan support there at Oregon? Yes, Maryland doesn't have – apathy is too much in Maryland compared to Oregon – I will say one thing Maryland does have because NIL is part of the equation. Location still matters. Maryland has a lot, is a lot more connected to some local talent than Oregon is, um, you know, the DC area and they can get into Virginia and up to and into Pennsylvania and sometimes into North Carolina. Um, so I think location advantage makes Maryland not as needing NIL money as an Oregon, but yeah, they can't compete with Nike in Oregon and they can't compete with any of the SEC schools that have talent and a bunch of NIL money <laughs> to be able to. Right. Cause um, you might want to spend money with the nearby wizards, the Orioles, mm-hmm. uh, the Ravens. There's a lot of competition there. So in, in that, that DMV area is what they call it. Yep. So um, if you go to Oregon, now that's a very good one. I mean, I'm going to give you that one. There's a lot of Nike money. They have this just, unbelievable facility it's like 18 buildings i've talked about it before that's a very good one here's going to be my argument and you might be right okay you you may very well be right my argument would be that nike okay is going to spend money only to an extent that it helps their business i think phil not is a very smart businessman i think he would spend money with oregon but I think ultimately he would also put children to work in China to make his shoes. Of course. So I think he's very cutthroat business-wise. I don't think he would, same thing if, I don't know if he's married or not, but same thing with his wife. I don't think he would get, I don't think he would overly give because that's not the type of person he is. So I think, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. Okay, I have have a a counter argument to that. I agree with what you're saying. I agree. But he could kill two birds with one stone because if you make Oregon a dominant powerhouse by using this NIL money to, and let's be honest, to bring in players to kind of promise them gigantic sum of money when they get there and they play, then how many jerseys does Oregon have? I mean, really, like how many jersey combinations? So if you have Oregon fans, you know, people automatically flock to people who are winning. I mean, I saw something the other day about, 
you know, before Tennessee's game against Georgia, how many people were getting Tennessee tattoos. Like it was going crazy in Knoxville. Anywho, if you have fans and if you're winning, you get more fans. The more fans you get, the more jerseys you sell, the more money you make. And Oregon has 50,000 jerseys. So, okay. Another layer of a question about about Oregon and Nike before we go further, though, because I this and I, I don't know. I'm asking both of you guys this, honestly. What about the brands that are brands under the Nike umbrella and where they are, like the Jordan brand in North Carolina? You know, it's huge there. Will that have an impact? LeBron's like, what if LeBron says everybody who goes to Ohio State will get an endorsement for a pair of LeBron's? You know what I mean? Are you like, are you kind of hinting that they could overspend at Oregon and hurt their relationship with other schools? No, I'm asking, could the other schools like could North Carolina and an Ohio State with like Michael Jordan or LeBron have the same type of NIL power that Oregon with just directly Nike has, if that makes sense? They could. Um, when you're talking basketball, obviously you just have to buy one player, so that's yeah, that's way different. Uh, that changes the, the the course of a team. Okay, my other argument against Oregon would is that you do have Oregon State, so that some of the advertisers, other than not, I know, I know, I'm not saying you're not right. Okay, no, I'm just saying that, Oregon. That, that is the one when I was thinking about it this morning that stood out. If they just decided, but we're only talking about one company with Tennessee. Yeah. Being in Knoxville, and here's the basis of my argument. Yes, she is on fire, top troop. Amanda's on fire. So uh, with with Knox with Knoxville, there's no other. It's a it's a one horse town. Okay, there's no other place to spend your money and get that type of exposure with athletics. At least I could make the argument with Oregon that there's Oregon State. There are other um, you know nearby. Go ahead. The Seahawks, for instance. There are other. Yeah. Go ahead. They're they're putting the. I know this is off. I mean, and it's not. But if you want exposure in Knoxville now, they're moving the. Oh, I can't remember. I have a sweatshirt of them with the little bear on it. Smokies. They're moving the Smokies downtown, so they're building that stadium downtown in Knoxville. And I, I don't remember when it's happening, but it's happening. Yeah, you could spend money with the Smokies. I yeah, I know it's not a lot, but probably pennies on the dollar. Um, okay, so my argument is, and I want to go to the message board. And my argument is that Tennessee owns Nashville, owns Knoxville, owns Chattanooga. I won't. I won't say owns Nashville. Let me go. Let me backtrack on that a little bit. There is the competition for Titans money. Okay, the and predators people. and predators. So let, let me backtrack on that again. But we had Ron Slay on this uh, program and, and he said, and he's on every Wednesday and he said the interest level from fans is 55% Tennessee. So let's say they have a big part of what is now, I believe a top 10 market, Caleb, and they have Knoxville exclusively their own, which is like a top 50 ish market. Um, and there's no competition in, in Knoxville. Okay, so that would be my argument against Oregon. Now, some others that people have thrown up there. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, Oklahoma and Texas oil money. My argument's going to be the same for those that it was for Oregon, Oregon State. But I believe this argument's stronger because the o Oregon State. Amanda gave the look for those who are watching on the video. She's right. <laughs> I mean, that's, no one don't so care about the Beavers. It's a bit of a reach for me. I, I agree. Um, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are tit for tat there. Yeah, they're they're pretty close. That could go either way. Texas, you have a ton of competition. 
you have the Cowboys, you have the Texans, you have, it seems like they're, whether it's Baylor or TCU, it seems like there's a college football program that comes out of the woodwork every once in a while and makes some sort of statement. So Caleb, I wouldn't take either of those. You might take Texas. I agree with Texas A&M because even because yeah, they own college station, but you're right. You go to Dallas or Fort worth. I mean, you're getting all of that, but university of Texas is in Austin and they are the only show in town in Austin. Um, They do own Austin on top of that. They still have pull throughout the state. Texas was able to start its own network. Okay, what other school was able to do that? And so I think Texas is a little bit different now that, particularly now that they're in the SEC. Obviously, um, I think that Texas. I, I, but I agree, Texas A&M is probably going to hurt a little bit. But also, we're talking about competition, but. Com- supply versus competition. You got to think about that. Yeah, Texas has competition, but. There's like four gigantic markets in Texas, all bigger than the biggest market in Tennessee. I mean, so there's just a lot more money to go around at that point. Well, but but here's ultimately, I think my underlying argument is that nostalgia. If you watch Mad Men, nostalgia makes people move, makes buyers move. And. Tennessee has that nostalgia, okay, that that I think people will even overspend. I mean, let's face it. If Nico Iamaleva got $8 million or got promised $8 million, you overspent there. I'm sorry. There is no way in creation that you should pay $8 million for any prospect. If you want to wink, wink, guarantee a million dollars. Now, that's what the market's bearing right now, but I don't believe it'll bear that long term. But... I don't think those schools that we're talking about are going to necessarily overspend like Tennessee will. I think Tennessee corporate people that make decisions will overspend because they realize the economy is better in Knoxville and in East Tennessee when Tennessee's good. One to your point, Texas and Tennessee both are one of the nine, they're two of the nine states that have no state income tax, which brings corporations in. I mean, I know that seems way off, but it does. It brings corporate. We saw Elon Musk move Tesla from California to Texas for that exact reason and other things. But that was a, a, a big reason. But to your point, Dave, Tennessee, Texas and Florida are probably the biggest like football centric, you know, sports centric states that have no income tax, state income tax. So yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think about that, but there are companies moving left and right. Commercial real estate in Knoxville is just just exploding. Um, yeah. Knoxville is the sixty second biggest market according to the Nielsen ratings that I'm looking at. May surprise some people. You think of it as a, just a small college town, but it's not. Austin is thirty eight, um, so Austin is significant. Nashville is twenty nine, so I thought they were a little bit higher. Um, so I, I just, I don't see a school that the combination of nostalgia, history, um, the, 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 the strong market, which has those corporate type of donors. I don't see that school that's out there that will be able to rival Tennessee year in and year out. 
do we have anybody else that uh, put something out there? Tennessee has uh, does not have a personal income tax. We do have a corporate tax. I know that. I might make a financial decision in my mind. Um, Brittany said I said the same thing, Amanda. And then there's a bunch of dating apps. So um, the back. yeah, they're back. Um, and uh, Smoky Mountain Red said, I feel Texas could explode, but it still seems like Texas cares more about high school football. It's a great point. than college football. To me, the passion isn't there. Now that could come back. It could come back at Southern California, too. I think you know people that don't remember the you know some of those teams in the seventies and eighties. I mean, Southern Cal was a big deal. It was kind of like them and Notre Dame were the two biggest schools in the nation. A lot of people and, are leaving Cal. So yeah, California. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's a huge if to say they would ever reach that level again. So let's go to message for Bingo and Caleb is going to be the victim today. So here's the way this works. Yes, Amanda has her eyes on Caleb. And uh, Amanda is going to read a post off of a message board. And if you can tell us that message board, who it actually comes from, what what team's board it's on, then you will win your choice of a gift certificate to Craft Treats. And you got to go to Craft Treats. They have the chill pills that are fantastic. Fantastic, and they help with your pet's arthritis. They help with your pet's anxiety. We'll talk about anxiety. Maybe Will Anderson should eat some chill pills. They also will help with your... <laughs> that one got Caleb. And they'll also... <laughs> Let's give him some dog treats. And they'll also help um, with even digestive issues. Now, if you don't win, you can still go use off the hook, the promo code, and get 20% off of crafttreats.com. Also, Owl's Nest Barbecue. If you don't have a pet or you want barbecue supplies, we'll hook you up with that, with that as well. They're in Oodlewa, and they've got all the barbecue supplies you could ever imagine, and they've got the Green Mountain Grill. So it is fantastic there at Owl's Nest Barbecue. All right, so here we go. Caleb, you will have, or no, our listeners our listeners and viewers and those on the message board will have exactly 15 seconds to post an answer to win. And then I go to you. And if you've got it, then it's over. If you don't, then we'll let it go a little bit longer, but here we go. Message board bingos. Now be thankful. The Powerball was won by a Californian. Probability much lower now that those winnings will be used to fund NIL for a Southeastern school that competes more directly with us for recruits. <laughs> Life is good. Uh, all right. I, that's that's a tough one. I, I'm, I'm going to say that it's SEC. Your 20 seconds, Caleb, and posters. It's not SEC. It's not SEC. Starts no. now. So you have 20 seconds to win that gift pack. Uh, Daniel says Tennessee. Is it Tennessee? No. 10 seconds. Orange Blood says Notre Dame. Is it Notre Dame? No. Good, good guess, but no. Oh, was a good guess. Um, Chris says Texas. Travis says Florida. Either. Nope. Either one. Chicken Butt says Ohio State. Oh. And went way past 20. I just like saying that name. Um, all right. So we don't have a winner. Caleb, you got it? Do you know who it is? 
I'm going because you said not SEC. I thought maybe yeah. Texas because trick question, you know, because they're going to be SEC, but they're not now. Yeah, no. I'm going to say Florida State. Caleb wins. Yes, it is Florida oh! State. Yes, Florida State. <laughs> I wow. mean, really, how in the world did you get that? What's a power southeastern school bringing in a lot of NIL money that's not in the SEC? Florida State. As a matter of fact, I think Florida State has one of the largest NIL initiatives. The smallest in the state of Florida, because actually Miami has a larger one than Florida State. They need to let Nevin Shapiro out of jail, man. I want him back. By the way, the, uh, the Ashonda kid flipped from Miami to Florida. so maybe Oh, yeah, they're scary. mad. They yeah, are maybe mad. they got their NIL money in order now. Oh, Florida does no. have their NIL money in order, and watch out because of that. Well, I they, thought the kid flipped from Florida to Miami. No, he flipped from Miami to Florida. Ashonda. Mm, oh, okay. There's another one I think that flipped the opposite way. I have one more. Okay, go for it. All right. When we beat Georgia, let's not rush the field and tear down the goalpost. We're better than that. It's uh, Jaden Rashonda flipped from Miami to Florida. So let's not rush the field. Well, I know who this one is. This one's too easy. I think it is. Caleb, you get dog treats. We do need to hook Caleb up with some dog treats. All right. Ten seconds. Dean is going with <clears throat> UCLA. No. Not UCLA. Kentucky from Chicken Butt. <laughs> All right. So we've got – we don't have a winner. Who you got, Caleb? I'm with uh, Chicken Butt. I'm, I'm going Kentucky. Only Kentucky fans are that delusional, and they play Georgia at home in a week and a half. So, Is it Kentucky? No. Okay. All right. Last one, LSU. Orange. No, it is Mississippi State because the they only are playing other one that this plays Georgia. Smoky Mountain Red got it in at the last second. Smoky Mountain Red, if you're ever, if you, you must, because I'm going to hook you up with this prize. Here's my email. And uh, Smoky Mountain Red, you, you have to tell, do you promise that if I hook you up, even though it was very close and we announced the winner and the contest was closed. I'm going to hook you up, but you have to tell 10 friends about the show. Is that fair? Yeah, I think you'll do that. All right. Have a fantastic day, everyone. Coverage of the Tennessee Missouri game. Quick uh, prediction. Of the game, the spread is 20 and a half to 21. I'm going to take um, Tennessee 62, which I think they scored last year. Caleb, is that right? Yeah, but totally different defense, but that's bold of you. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the exact same score as last year. Cause one time I did that accidentally and I was almost right. I'm back to back games. Um so what was the score last year, Caleb? Do you remember? You you got it right, sixty two to twenty four. Sixty two to tw- I'll take sixty two to twenty four Tennessee wins. Brittany says fifty two to sixteen. Amanda. Forty eight ten. Forty eight ten. 48-17, Tennessee's going to call with the dogs and let Missouri score a touchdown at the end to be nice. Yeah. I don't like my pick nearly as much now that I think about it. Have a fantastic – I can't. Have a fantastic day, everyone. She's Amanda LaFrada. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. <laughs>